On this day, 49 years ago, Frank Borman, William Anders, and Jim Lovell spoke to us from a place no one had ever been. The Apollo 8 astronauts broadcast to Earth from just above the surface of the moon. It was an epic moment. For the first time in the history of the world, we were able to know, we had proof that we were a world, one world, suspended in the void, clinging to, depending upon, sharing with all the other life forms this one amazing home. It was as if adventure and science had brought to a tangible focus for just a moment this awareness of what it meant to be at home on the good earth. Even now when I think of it, it is still an awesome thought. Of course, every Christmas Eve, every Christmas Day is special. The power of these days is greater than the sum of their parts. If we could strip away all of the celebratory trappings of Christmas, Christmas would still have potency. Christmas humbles us, it awes us, it inspires us because it reveals a great mystery. Paul declares in the epistle lesson for today that a mystery kept secret for long ages has been disclosed. Christmas brings to dazzling light that which the prophets, the priests, and the psalmist had only glimpsed in their day. Christmas shows us Christ. And Christ is the one who is the source and the object of our deepest longings. It is, as the Christmas carol puts it, the hopes and fears of all the years are met tonight. For Paul, the most startling truth to come out of this great revelation is the inclusion of the Gentile people among God's people. You will remember that before he became Paul, Paul was Saul. Before he met Christ, his name was Saul. And then when he met Christ, it was changed to Paul. Well, Saul, before he met Christ, was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He was a fiercely partisan, zealously patriotic, Bible-believing, not so sure about anyone else, man of religion. Saul could barely abide the sight of those who were not a part of his people. And then he met Christ. And then he discovered that all of those walls of separation had been reduced to dust under the feet of Jesus. Jew and Gentile, male, female, slave, free, all are one in Christ, Paul would say. And Paul realized that this oneness, this essential oneness of humanity had existed all along. But it had just now become clear to the world in Jesus. 
I remember in the days of Apollo 8 that the astronauts came back with one picture that was one of the most celebrated photographs in the history of photography, and you will remember it. It was that picture of the earth rise above the surface of the moon. You remember that? I have a copy of that picture. And it was hoped in those days that perhaps if we could see ourselves as we really are, if we could see the world as it really is, fragile, beautiful, without any boundaries or borders, perhaps it would unite humanity. Perhaps it would help us come together. But of course, that didn't happen. We paused, we looked, we listened, we reflected, and we went back to our differences and to our wars. And we in the church haven't done a lot better. We hear Paul, we see Jesus who embraced outsiders and and taught us to uh, accept all, to include all, and yet we are among the most divided people on earth. But Christmas is still Christmas. And despite our differences, we in the church celebrate Christmas all over the world. And Christmas shows us that this division need not be so. Indeed, it will not be so in the future that God has planned for this world. You probably have heard about the Christmas truce of 1914. On the first Christmas Eve of the First World War, all along the Western Front, soldiers laid down their arms, ceased firing at one another, met in no man's land, and celebrated Christmas Eve together. For a few hours, the strictest and most hostile boundary imaginable disappeared as these enemies met, and they ate and drank and sang and shared photographs of their loved ones. And this most hellish place on earth was transformed into a space that felt like home. Imagine that. Of course, the people who thought themselves in control uh, would not stand for this. They stepped in. They stopped it. And yet the fact that it happened and all that it could have been bears witness to the power of Christmas, bears witness to the power of Christ and of his Christmas. You see, the power is there in the incarnation. The possibilities are real. Christmas uncovers the truth about who we are in our common humanity, and more importantly, it uncovers the truth about who God is. The question, of course, is how do we begin to realize the potential? How do we begin to unwrap the riches of God's great gift to us? Paul offers these words as a way forward. 
He speaks of the obedience of faith. The obedience of faith. The obedience of faith is doing what by God's grace and with God's help we could not do otherwise. The obedience of faith is by doing by God's grace and with God's help what we know we should do and can do with God's help. It is to act upon the possibilities that the Lord puts before us even when we can't see how to take more than the first continuous step. And in this, Mary, the mother of Jesus, shows us how. Luke describes how Mary receives the message that she is to bear God's son. She cannot, she does not comprehend how this will be. It is a very great mystery and a very great risk. What will become of her reputation, an unmarried woman, being with child? Her marriage, her life could be at stake here. Yet Mary accepts God's promise the outcome of which she can neither comprehend nor control. And this becomes the pattern of her life. She undertakes the perilous Christmas journey to Bethlehem. She delivers her firstborn in a stable. She endures her family's flight as refugees from violence in their escape to Egypt. She hears the the glad message of the shepherds. She hears the prophetic words of Simeon and Anna. She also hears that her own heart will be pierced. She perseveres in the challenges of rearing a very exceptional child. Can you imagine being the mother of God? That is who she is. She worries about Jesus when he, as a man, seems too carried away by his mission, yet she accepts that that mission. She sees the hostility that is unleashed against him. She watches him die on a cross. And then in the end, she is swept up in his resurrection. Mary's whole life is marked by an obedience to faith within the absolute mystery of being the mother of God. And that mystery is revealed to her one step at a time. Never sure of what will happen next, Mary holds God's words and treasures them in her heart and ponders them. She trusts God, she obeys God, and she moves obediently across the course of her life and across the course of his life. Mary bears witness to Jesus. Her life, her affections, her purpose are all aligned with his. Her motherly love is born of the grace that Jesus gives her before she bears him, before she shares him with the world. Amid all the violence that is a part of her life and of her world, Mary perseveres with a mother's tenderness. And Jesus enters into her compassion 
even as she has first entered into his. A mother's love is born of God. And Mary bears the one who is the source of the love with which she loves him. By the obedience of faith, Mary bears maternal compassion over the course of her life and over the course of the life of her beloved son. And you will remember that Jesus honors Mary. The last matter to which he attends on the cross is the care of his mother. And in that kindness comes full circle. As she cared for him in infancy, the Son of God cares for his mother in her time of need. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be. It is the mystery of Christmas. It is the power of Christmas. And this message comes to us from another world. Angels bring it to startled shepherds. It happens in Bethlehem of long ago. By the obedience of faith, a virgin and her betrothed take the steps into the unknown and they arrive at the place where heaven reaches down to earth. And God becomes a human being in the person of their vulnerable little baby whom they place in a feed trough for a cradle. It is a mystery, and it is revealed to them step by step within the obedience of faith. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever will be. We cannot fathom the mystery of the Incarnation. The power of Jesus Christ, the power of God becoming one with us is revealed in our living as we take the next step in obedience of faith. Some of us here know where we are headed, or at least we think we know. Life has a way sometimes of giving us surprises, doesn't it? And perhaps you are here and you are wondering, what is the next step? What should I do next? Maybe you even have some sense of that. What is the next step for you? What is God placing upon your mind and heart to do next? There is power in Christmas. There are possibilities because of Christmas. You arrived here in this moment, by the obedience of your faith. The Holy Spirit brought you here. The Spirit may have worked through your wife or your husband or your mother or your father or your grandmother or grandfather. But you are here by the power of the Holy Spirit. Some urging of the Spirit has brought you this far. Do you dare take the next step into the mystery that is your life? Know this. 
a star is preparing to shine. Angels are getting ready to sing. Are you ready to join? Are you ready to join? See, Lord, we are your servants. Let it be so with us, according to your word. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.